Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Hey everybody, it's Nick. Just waiting for Ryan to show up. Hey Ryan, are you on? Maybe he's not. Hey Ryan. There I am. Alright, tried that earlier and it just kept on ringing. So Nice. <laughs> You know, it's always fun to mess with this thing because it's always something weird. (laughs) All right. So, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the It's Too Wordy comic book book podcast where a couple of buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And today, the only sure thing we have is Crisis on Infinite Earths number six. And uh, I think I'm going to do Transformers Escape, and you said you had, what, Wolverine number eight? Yep. All right. Where do we want to start? Well, let's do the issues. Okay. I'll go first. Okay, cool. Transformers Escape. Sucked. Don't get it. Get that out of the way. <laughs> all right, so that's it. That's all you got. Yeah, it it's very confusing. Um, I have no idea what was going on in it. Uh, I, no, I enjoyed the Back to the Future one uh, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about Wolverine number eight. So this is another issue where they talk about or show a person on the cover who isn't in the goddamn book. <laughs> I who wanted this. Sign? I wanted this because it had Maverick on the cover. Uh, Maverick appears in one panel in this, and he's talked about. He doesn't show up in person. He's just talked about. Like they said that this was a great jumping on point. If you're into Wolverine, it's issue eight. A great is- jumping on point is issue one. There shouldn't be a jumping on point seven issues later. Um, it starts out Wolverine is talking to a CIA agent and they're talking about their pasts and, you know, with X-Force and the CIA and, you know, going out and being soldiers and doing things that they are, you know, regret about their life. And somebody is going around and hunting all of Wolverine's old team. Right. And, it's not even a question. Of course it's Maverick. Because that's just like there's two there's two uh like sub like suspects in this. Maverick and uh uh I want to say Tiger Shark, but that's completely wrong. Um why can I not think of his name? It's you know who I'm talking about. Uh Sabretooth. Oh, you know, uh, the tiger shark of land, you know, oh. the same guy. <laughs> this book is pretty, pretty lame for the most part. The art is great. The story lacks, but there's one really cool part, right? 
So Wolverine is, well, Omega Red shows up on Krakoa, right? And he's tracking, I think, Wolverine, right? And like his, like Wolverine's family jump him, right? They're like, well, you're probably the one that's killing everybody. So we're going to kill you right now. And uh, there's a part where Omega Red like wraps Wolverine up and is like, don't make enemies out of friends, Wolverine. Not in a time like this, right? And like, this is the first time I've read Omega Red since X-Men number four from the 90s. And seeing Omega Red actually being a human is really cool and I think that's the best part of the book. <laughs> the rest of it, I could really do without. There's just, I don't know. They, they, okay. There's another fun part, right? So these assassins go to Allison Blair's house. And if you don't know who Allison Blair's ha- Blair is, she is the dazzler, right? So they're going to her house and they're like, why doesn't she have a security system? And just out of nowhere, these like sonic formed guard dogs come out of nowhere and they just decimate these guys so bad. <laughs> and that you don't even see Dazzler. You just see the scream and Wolverine. That's it. Like, like come on. I... But yeah, it shouldn't have a, a jump on issue at number eight. Did it feel like it was a start of a storyline? Yeah, it did. But, I mean, if you're going to start a storyline after seven issues, that means the first seven didn't really do too good. I don't know. Like, you ran out of ideas in seven issues for a continuing story? You know, Wolverine, I have never been a huge fan of. I get why people like him because he's kind of like a badass type character you know when back in the early 90s kind of thing but he works I think he functions really well within the X-Men but then you get you know even a four part miniseries Mm -hmm. or even like a Spider-Man Wolverine or Hulk Wolverine something like that four part miniseries that's fine but trying to have that character hold a story on his own, I just I don't know. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Sorry for your disappointment, Nick. Yeah. I I, I bought it because it was the hot book. Like every kid in junior high was reading it. So I picked it up and I was like I'll trade this for an issue of the Punisher. Yeah. I traded Wolverine number one for the issue of the Amazing Spider-Man with the live action cover. (laughs) This thing's worth like two bucks now, but Wolverine number one is like, I don't know how. Yeah. Put ass on, yeah. But you got something you wanted. That's what matters. I was like, how cool is this? They never make like photo realistic. Yeah, and they did it with him, and then I think they did. I also learned never trade comic it. books. <laughs> they might have. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, and so that's my Maverick's the one. He had his own storyline, or he had his own book in the late 90s too yeah. didn't he okay yeah just making sure i was thinking of the right guy yeah that flat face mask with the yellow and black mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay pockets everywhere yeah yep <laughs> i love some maverick back in the day <laughs> oh i don't know who created maverick let me see with the pockets you'd think i felt but <laughs> Uh, 
My computer has so much crap on it, dude. It's not even funny. But yeah, so that's that's it. I was feeling kind of antisocial, so Sonia went out to the store and got it for me. And I sent her the cover of the first one. And I didn't realize there was like three different variants. I was uh, like, hope I got you the right one. The one that you sent me wasn't the, like what came out. And <laughs> Maverick creator is Jim Lee. <laughs> yep. Oh. Well, yeah, they can't all be home runs. Hey, I like Maverick. I just wish he was in this book. But, uh, all right. Yeah, you got to buy the next one to see if he actually does show up. No. No, it's okay. <laughs> you don't like him that much. Got it. I'm not 18 anymore. You know, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I, my tastes have changed. I don't really care about mercenary superheroes. So it kind of doesn't do it for me anymore. Like, I, I'd rather read a, a good story than just a violent one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, why, that's why I think Punisher belongs in the 70s and 80s in dirty New York, and he doesn't belong now. Like, he, he was a, a, a product of his time. And with the whole commotion now, with uh, get rid of the Punisher. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Right. What does the Punisher have to do with anything like that? You know, it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with it. It's like if you want to ban things, ban the Superman S because every asshole workout jock has a Superman symbol on the back of their giant F one fifty. Like a. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every 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 dude that works out, uh, I bench two fifty. I'm going to wear a Superman shirt. Like, okay, you have no idea what that character stands for. <laughs> oh, but should we move on to Crisis? Yes, let's go. Before I uh, alienate any more possible listeners. Scott said you that uh, never trade comic books. That's a fortune cookie ready to happen. And then the whole. It should be. Never, never trade them. Ever. It's like uh, all those little kids that I used to uh, oh. sell Pokemon cards to, and they'd come in and be like, you know, the sob story of how they got gypped out of like their Charizard. Right. You know. I, I traded my Charizard for two Charmanders because you could trade up two Charmanders here for a Charizard. No, you can't. What? You're like, yeah, you just blew a $150 card at the time because you traded them for two 50 cent cards. Good job, idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to teach Sophie not to trade cards, games. Like, in my junior high, was this like in your junior high that we had this like black market of trading Nintendo cartridges? I don't like, remember that. Like, ah, man, we would just be like, yeah, I'll trade you this one for that one, that one for this one. And and after the end of it, you gave up Double Dragon for bases loaded. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> bases loaded was solid. But it's just, yeah, I'm going to teach her to be very careful with who she trades to. Teach her the correct ways of bartering. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Over to crisis. <laughs> oh, you got a Mr. Miyagi thing going on tonight, Nick. All right. Um. <laughs> All right. So we are on crisis six, right? Otherwise, yeah, issue. we're only halfway through. <laughs> so if you read the one where the Flash and the Psycho Pirate are in the beginning, then you read the yes. right one. Perfect. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so Flash, Psycho Pirate. Flash is starting to come out of Psycho Pirate's uh, trance, and the monitor basically told Psycho Pirate to shut up. Here's your planets. Now get them to do what I want them to do. So now Psycho Pirate's trying to control three planets. And then we start seeing heroes... um, trying to maintain their safety as buildings or the, their, the monitors globe ship thing is starting to fall apart. And they are clearly a huge fan of Starfire because she keeps showing up. Um, we were all fans of Starfire, not for her character, but for her outfit. <laughs> she wow. has no character. She has no character. No, no, she doesn't. Have we seen Block before? Block might have shown up in a couple of days before with the Legion, but okay. I think he might have just like walked out of the room. Like Block's hungry, and they just like that was it. Okay. Because he felt like he just kind of came out of left field. Um Yeah, that's Block. <laughs> Pariah ends up getting called away yet again, so he proceeds to whine about how he's gonna watch somebody else the incoming doom of another planet. And Alexander Luther's trying to do his thing and save the planet, and Harbinger is like, nope, this is my job, and kind of zaps him, and then goes tearing off. And then we see that Black Cat is... Not Black Cat. Wild Cat. Wild Cat, thank you. I saw the black uniform. <laughs> Wildcat is truly injured with his legs. And um, Al Pratt is talking to him. The Adam is talking to him and telling him um, how much he appreciates him like he's dying. And then that uh, Yolanda Montez shows up. Hanging outside of Ted Grant's window because that's not creepy at all. (laughs) I I do think I missed something somewhere because I do remember the book where um, Yolanda caught the kid that Ted saved and she introduces him herself to him, even though he's crumpled on the floor ground with two broken legs. Mm -hmm. And now it's like she's known him forever. You haven't missed much. There's nothing in between. Okay. <laughs> so She's I like that s- stalker ex-girlfriend. No kidding. You know, maybe she has got a thing for old man who dressed up like Catwoman. With moves like Beast from the X-Men? Right. Um, <laughs> then we see Lex Luthor. He's spinning around and... Um, Oh my gosh, Brainiac shows up in his cool ship and Luther's like, I don't know who you are. And Brainiac's like, sure you do. We've worked together before. <laughs> I used to look like this, but does he ever do that? No. <laughs> you should know who I am. I got a complete facelift. I'm good. I have um, no skin. I'm in a robot. I used to have five star like dots on my head. Nothing. Not yeah. <laughs> No no explanation whatsoever. You're just supposed to recognize me. All right. Uh, then we hop over to Earth-X, and um, a team gets warped there, and we have one of the Hawkmen, Dr. Light. Uh, I believe it's Hawkman's kid. Northwind? Northwind, Starfire, Again. and Steel. Steel. Okay. And they are looking out into the distance. They see Harbinger standing there kind of like in this influx phasing in and out look thing. If you picture Star Trek where they're doing the phasing thing and they kind of start doing the zoomy lines, that's what she looks like. And all this crowd is just this, all of Earth-X is like running towards this abyss. And so the heroes are going down to try to save them. The Freedom Fighters show up. And they start attacking the heroes, and the freedom fighters feel that the heroes are there to are causing the problem and not 
actually there to help. And so they start fighting because that's what heroes do when they see each other again. Um, Hawkman saves Dr. Light. She gets ticked off about being saved. She can take care of herself. And then we jump over to Earth 4. And Martian Manhunter, Jay Garrick, The Flash, um, Block. Katana. Katana, thank you. And uh, Azrael? I don't, that's not Azrael, is it? On uh, the DC Wiki, it says that it's Azrael, but it's got to be a different Azrael. Yeah, because that the Azrael I'm thinking of didn't show up until Morrison's JLA run. Like 94? Well, yeah, uh, he not until Batman. Hmm. That you're thinking of, of Zazel, the the oh that one, okay, yeah, Azrael's the guy that took over Batman. Oh yeah, so this Sorry. is a different Azrael, not the cat from uh, the the uh, Gargamel and the Smurfs. This isn't his cat, <laughs> so it'd be funny if it was. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Um, Blue Beetle finally shows back up after making his appearance earlier and Jay sees that Azriel has gotten hit and is running over to catch him and then Captain Adam comes flying out of the Beetle ship and they're working together um, we see Peacemaker reason Peacemaker might sound familiar is because John Cena is playing him in the new Suicide Squad movie. And they're making um, a big deal about that character. And, yeah. uh, why? He, he, not a good-looking character. <laughs> he's, um, no, he's not. He looks like a satellite dish with a body is what he looks like. <laughs> you want to you wanna be incognito and be able to hide things? Have a giant helmet that hides, like exposes every part of your head. Uh. But he can pick up radio signals. Um, <laughs> Katana starts fighting with Judo Master. Um, a lot of fighting, blah, blah, blah. Blue Beetle, go back to see him. The question's on his ship, and they're having a conversation about how they feel like they're being manipulated, but there's not a whole lot they can do about it. Then we hop underwater where Aquaman and Aqualad and Aquagirl are searching for Mira, and that just felt like that was completely out of place in this. Um, it did feel oh, very, very forced. Uh, hey, we need uh, we need these heroes in here somewhere to explain why they're here or why they're not here or something. I don't know. Right. Um, Ocean Master and Black Manta are discussing uh, how they're going to get Aquaman, and Dolphin shows up. Um, Again, at this point, I feel like they're just trying to force characters in here. Uh, Changeling, or Beast Boy, is in the shape of a elephant and has lost control and is running through walls and almost takes out Black Canary. Um, and Supergirl goes to check on Beast Boy. They're, they're on Earth-S right now, right? Earth, yeah, I missed that Earth, someplace. Earth-Shazam? Earth us, yes. Yeah. Because, bam, there's Shazam. And him and Supergirl get into it and start battling it out. Um, and then a crystal barrier is formed by somebody... Cole. Cole. Okay. It's formed by Cole to stop the people from running off into the abyss. And in the meantime, they're all paying attention to what's happening with Herbert Harbor Air. Um, Wonder Woman's getting into it with uh, Mary Marvel. And Freddie Marvel shows up and takes out Wonder Woman. And Grandpa Marvel. Or whatever his name is, Uncle Marvel, is uh, Uncle, Dudley? Uncle Dudley, yeah, 
is being taken out by Beast Boy and Black Canary is screaming at the Marls and basically takes him out. We get back over to Earth X and Uncle Sam punches Steel and promptly yells, ouch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Katana and Judo Master are still fighting. Um, Blue Beetle is trying to figure out why his ship has stopped moving. And you see that Block and Marvin, Marvin the Martian, Martian Manhunter are <laughs> stopping it from moving. If this was DC now, they would have the mourners in there. Yeah, they would. You know. Um, then we come to a big page where all these plants are coming towards the image of Harringer, and all the heroes are kind of looking and going, what's going on? And uh, Psycho Pirate is realizing that he was controlling all their emotions and has pretty much lost it because they're all um, crying out at once. And big page of Harbinger receiving a whole bunch of power. And she's no longer Harbinger. She is Layla, Lila. And her and Alexander Luther are now floating on a rock in the middle of space, looking down, seeing all the plants kind of swirling around. Um, and yeah, that pretty much wraps it up because Yolanda goes, breaks into Ted's house and steals his wildcat uniform, which somehow manages to fit her body. Right. Okay. Uh, knowing Ted Grant that he hasn't washed that thing since 1945. <laughs> and knowing Yolanda for the two pages I've seen her. She probably doesn't care. Right. You know, it, he kind of looks like he would smell like Old Spice and cigar. <laughs> I was thinking Aqua Velva. Yeah. But... <laughs> probably. So the next issue is the iconic cover of Superman holding Supergirl crying. Um, so we know that's not going to happen because whatever's on the cover never happens in the book, right? Correct. All right. Well, I think this is the only one that ever actually happens. <laughs> they kind of spoil the whole thing. Here's a they major do. plot point. Uh, here's Supergirl dead. All right, sweet. All right. Thanks. Thanks for that. All right. It takes us over to our random reads. You got anything, Nick? After the week I had? No. Um, it's been it's been crazy but i have been working on another project for the show which i will announce once i get everything set up and yeah cool all right well because i suspected that actually i didn't i just read a lot i've got four i'll try to be brief um so my first one is Mercy Sparks, number 14, from Devil's Due. This is an $8 book, but it's like a prestige format. Um, so I can't remember if I talked about this on the show or not, but the guy that writes this is Josh Playlock. And he was doing a tour with Devil, for Devil's Due before going down to Kansas City for a comic convention three years ago or so, I think. And so he stopped into Krypton on his way down along with another artist and or uh, another creator. And I'm like, Oh, Josh Blaylock's here. I'm going to have my copy of GI Joe signed because GI Joe's awesome. So I had him sign that. And he starts talking to me about mercy sparks. I'm like, really don't have any interest in this. And I started looking at it. I'm like, okay, I have a little bit of interest in this. I ended up buying all the issues that I was, I think I had up to a issue 11 that I bought from him. And then uh, it's kind of gone more to a Kickstarter type funding before they publish it type deal. And um, it is one of the most entertaining reads It is about a devil type character named mercy sparks. And she's trying to save the world. It's hilarious. It is raunchy. It is, all over the place. 
And once you start reading it, you don't want to put it down. It's it's just so smooth to read through. Um, absolutely check it out. It it feels like this is the end of Mercy Sparks, but then they give you just enough of a hint at the end to indicate maybe it's not. Um, I don't want to get away give away too much about it, but definitely if you can track down the issues. Check it out. See if you can find it in trade. Whatever. Um, it is a fun character. You're not going to have read anything that's like this. Trust me. All right. <clears throat> Secondly, I picked up The Last Witch from Boombox. Or Boom. I guess they're going by Boombox now. I don't know. Um, and this just came out this last week. And I picked it up because I thought, well, you know, it looks kind of interesting. The art style looks great. And for whatever reason, I've noticed with the Boom comics, they seem to all kind of have that same artistic style, no matter who's doing it, where it's more of kind of looks, uh, I don't think manga is the right word, but it, the more cartoony character look, you know, uh, thinking more may- maybe on the manga side, more when they are surprised or uh, jovial or something like that, not the sharp edge ones, but you know their faces are a little bit more shock value type deal. Um, and this is all about a girl and um, her buddy Padrag who... They made a bet. They were supposed going to race off to this tower on the other side of this hedge and grab a brick. Here's the deal. A witch supposedly lives in this tower. Nobody ever goes into the woods. Nobody ever passes the hedge. And both of them keep on calling each other chicken to, because they're not doing it. So she takes off to go do so. And her name's Sorias. Soriasi. And her dad stops her. And so Padraig, a.k.a. Puddles, uses the opportunity to take off and run towards the uh, witch tower. He gets, she gets ended up being pulled home. Uh, it's her birthday. She's really disappointed. That she basically gets grounded. She can't go to the festival. Uh, she's not going to be able to go beat Puddles to the witch tower. And she's got to take care of her sick brother while the dad goes into the festival. So she's making some tea for uh, the brother. Not, you know, um, he drinks it and hopefully he's going to fall asleep. And she leaves a note and says, I'll be right back. Don't tell dad I've been gone. Back a little bit. Well, the brother didn't fall asleep. He actually saw that his sister take off and proceeds to chase her. Um, and there's something about the girl because she's got some kind of a tattoo that means something um, that they haven't really gotten into yet. And so it's just a story of them going towards the witch tower and seeing what, if the witch actually exists and the, um, the items that, you know, the, the things that pursue in the book, you know, the little side stories that take place. I thought it was really good. Worth, uh, worth, absolutely worth checking out. So, um, the next one I read specifically for Nick. I read a Legion of Superheroes in the 31st century. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Issue number six, and it stars the Teen Lanterns. Now you know why I got it. Um, I'm going to say this is the best Legion book I have ever read. The story made sense. They didn't introduce a whole ton of characters. They just introduced enough that you kind of knew what was going on. Um, the whole premise is Staros basically take over the Green Lantern Corps and the Legion has to fight them. And it was a lot of fun. Um, there is a Green Lantern Panda that is just fantastic and we need more Green Lantern Pandas. Um, and the current Earth Lantern happens to be Guy Gardner and someone else's child. So 
or great grandchild. I can't remember. Um, fantastic, fun little read. If you find it, check it out. All right, finally. I finally read, and I keep on saying this on our other podcast, the Books of Magic podcast, Hunting Timothy. Um, I read the annual. So I now know <laughs> what's actually happening in the Books of Magic uh, because we keep on running into characters when we're doing this podcast. We're like, where did Tim meet this person at? It all takes place in this annual. Books of Magic apparently took off as the first issue being a annual, and then it went into the series itself. And as part of the Children's Crusade, which um, is a whole trying to, there's one part that tells you all the books that are involved in this, but it has, there's like, oh, here it is. Uh, so there's the Children's Crusade, there's the Black Orchid Annual, Animal, Animal Man Annual, Swamp Thing Annual, Doom Patrol Annual, Arcane Annual, and then the Children's Crusade number nine, and then including books of mad or this one here. So it was a massive crossover through the annuals, but this is the only one that really featured uh, Tim Hunter. And this is where we meet Daniel. Um, we meet Maria in here. Uh, we find out how Maria comes to Earth from the, um, I can't think of what they call the land they're in, but um, she was sent on a mission from by Kerwin to find Tim and bring Tim back to this land to help lure other children into the land. And Mira basically steals all the Scrabble chips from Kerwin and says, okay, you give me this mission and I'll give you your Scrabble chips back because he, or he likes to play uh, Scrabble. So he's like, fine, go. And so he takes, or she takes off. She brings her ballerina shoes. And the way they hop from one land to another land is they create a hopscotch board and then they execute the game hopscotch and then they warp to wherever they want to go. And the issue is all about Maria just kind of taking in the city because she's not used to seeing this and yelling for Tim all over the place. And then we see Tim that's playing soccer and he gets hit in the face with a soccer ball and gets tackled. And so he starts marching home. And we get a recap of how he was uh, asked to do magic with the uh, trench coat brigade. And we actually see a different side of his dad in this. Um, his dad's actually worried about him. And apparently the school calls and says, hey, you know, um, Tim skipped out. And his dad's like, well, clearly you don't know what's going on. He's, he didn't skip. He actually got injured. And now we may actually sue you. You know, kind of protecting his son. And um, he goes up. And starts talking to Tim. He's like, where's all the skateboard posters at? And Tim's like, yeah, I'm kind of into owls now. I'm not into skateboards. So his dad doesn't really have a whole lot of connection with him, which you're finding out, which we've already known. Um, and then what is his, the falconer shows up and takes him to Ferry and tells Tim he's got three questions he can be asked. Um and then they, that's it. And um, then they can hop back over to Maria. And Maria is um, trying to find Tim. And she runs into a barista who, at the time, phone books were a thing, helps him her start calling through all the hunters to find Tim's resident. And, yeah, it kind of just puts him on the same path. Tim's left in ferry and has to find his way way out. And they don't show how he found his way out, but he manages to get out. And uh, he shows back up at his house, and Maria's there. Maria's like, yeah, I need you to come to this land with me. And Tim's like, okay. So she creates the hopscotch park, 
He goes first, and then she promptly erases the board and says, I'm not going to go back. And that's how it's left off. So, um, the big odd thing about this that I found, it made a lot of sense to me now, you know, well, this is where Maria came from, and this is why Daniel's an important part. Maria never introduced herself to Tim, so when Tim actually meets, sees Maria later in the series... It makes no sense? Yeah, it makes no sense, because he's like, oh, hey, Maria. It's not like, oh, hey, you. He actually says her name. It's like, she never told you her name. I went back and double-checked it, so it never happened. Um, but yeah, um, absolutely a fantastic read. It took me forever to find this. Um, I highly recommend it. And then go check out our other podcast, the books of magic, uh, hunting Timothy, the books of magic podcast, because I mean, I think we do a pretty doggone good job with it. It's really awesome. All right. That's what I cool. have. I'm glad you finally found it because it used to be you could find it at half price books for a quarter every time you go in there. Oh yeah. No. Now it seems like it's a little harder to find. Yeah, I actually found it in what was going to be a quarter bin. I was sorting a quarter bin at nice. the shop. And I'm like, wait, what's this? I think I will own this now. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So, news at all, Nick? Uh, I got a little bit. Um, I have one thing which makes me question Marvel a little bit more. So, back in, way back in the day, Spider-Man had a clone. Peter Parker had a clone running around. And, yeah. And, uh, they made a huge crossover called the Clone Saga. You know, mm. he, like Ben, my, what, what? He had a clone back in the seventies too, so it, that was Ben, right? I can't ever remember if that's the one that got stuck in the uh, the chimney at the end. That Peter couldn't didn't know what to do with him, so he just stuffed him in an industrial chimney. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> But starting in Miles Morales Spider-Man number 25, they are giving Miles his own clone saga. Mm. Yeah, we remember it. Maybe the kids now, but kids now don't read comics. So why would you rehash? Why would you rehash this? Are they going to have three of them running around like they did with Kane and Ben? One's messed up. One is a complete goofball. And it's just, okay, maybe they'll do the multiplicity thing. They'll just clone him and clone him and clone him and clone him and clone the clone and clone that clone until you get, I like pizza, you know? Just at that point, just read a Madrex book. Just, it, it, just, why? You just need to stop and, think about what this did back in the day. Like it wasn't good then. And it most likely is going to suck now. Yeah. Like, wow. I don't know. Like they, yeah, maybe they'll learn from that mistake and do it better. I don't well, know. They're also bringing the Phoenix force back because that's not played mm. out. And you know what? I really want to see what's old is new. Is again. Shanna, the she devil with the Phoenix powers. She's not a mutant. She is a veterinarian. Well, I don't know. Maybe I guess that's a mutant trait for Marco can be a mutant now. Right. <laughs> they need somebody to help with bees. Yeah. Um Right. <laughs> He's going to hook up with Zabu, and uh, they're going to have some weird relationship. (laughs) Oh. Oh. 
So, um, yeah. Uh, so thank God you guys are here, right? And hoping Scott joins in pretty soon. Last year, I got trolled by two guys. They, like, it was insane. Like, the last episode, not last. The last year. Well, yeah, kind of last year. It seems like uh, the last episode. It was <laughs> it was weird, dude. Like, guy came on. I thought he was going to talk about comics, and he was like, "Are you insane?" Are you? Do you need mental help? Because you're sitting here talking to yourself. I'm like, man, being the the person that I am, I went with it because you know I, I'm just an easygoing dude. I don't really care about if you're going to make fun of me or not. Because face it, you can't tell me anything that I haven't heard before. And it was, it was like, dude, have you never heard a podcast before, ever? Because people on podcasts talk to themselves. Like they lock themselves in a room and just talk to themselves for hours. So yeah, good luck trolling me. Cause I'm not an idiot, you know? <laughs> so if you, and then this other guy called in and he didn't say anything. He was just like, <laughs> like, okay, you're gone. And then decided to just write a whole bunch of like weird crap in the, in the queue. Right. And it was just like, Oh my God, what is going on tonight? You know? <laughs> so yeah, I didn't, I didn't even give them any, like I edited the podcast after that and I just released it without them in it, but it was just weird crap. And then the troller decided to troll the other troll, right? He, he was singing songs about how this dude, they will yeah, do that. It was weird. <laughs> He was he was singing songs about how this dude likes to bang his mom. Like it was like what? <laughs> Very weird show. <laughs> Very weird. What's up, Scott? Holy Ooh. smokes! I was online last Monday, and um, the Podbean app was uh, not showing that there was a live broadcast going on. So I thought that it got canceled. It's- Apparently, I missed a hell of a show. Yeah, because I was like, I don't. I was like, I don't know if I can do one, one like a even a half hour with just one book. So I tried to fill up a half hour, and then it ended up being an hour long of just these two guys going at each other. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody heard that, okay, I apologize. Yeah, just letting it devolve into. The total weirdness. Okay, that sounds a wonderful the way that you're describing it right now. <laughs> but maybe if I was there at the time, it would have been annoying. Oh, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> After the first twenty nine minutes, it was pretty bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like talking about you know future plans for like this show and the other shows and stuff, like what I kind of want to do, and he was like. All I hear is you talking about going to blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you, insane? Are you need some mental help? I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's fine. We'll just go with this. Like, I don't think I said... Yep, you got trolled, all right. Probably got trolled by a a drunk guy. Yeah, probably. Uh, it It was crazy, so... What you got for us this week, Scott? Oh, uh, uh, nothing, nothing that significant. <laughs> oh, heavens to Murgatroyd! <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, you know, I uh, was just uh, looking over a few options real quick. Uh, um, the only thing that I've read over the last uh, week is I. Uh, uh, old issue of Savage Sword of Conan. I'm reading about one of those a week, and um, the last one I enjoyed the hell out of. I haven't mentioned it yet. So those are still really good for me. And, uh, of course, my web comics, although I haven't been reading as much of those recently. But I, I was going to give you guys a choice between a... Uh, Biography in webcomic form or a romance, but 
then I realized, hey, we've never actually talked about uh, Stardust on the show, have we? We have not. We have not, yes. Okay. Then uh, how about I give a quick review of The Power of Stardust? That works. Yeah, I I really like it. Okay. A little bit of background, uh, just in case uh, someone listens to this later. And may or may not know about the character of Stardust, but this is an older superhero. He's now in the public domain because his original publishing company uh, went belly up. And that's just how uh, the copyright law works. It wouldn't happen these days because they would sell off all of their IPs uh, as soon as they realized they were going under. But uh, uh, long about, uh, I don't even, what would, would this have been the 1950s, 1940s, when Fletcher created Stardust? Uh, oh. Regardless, there was this guy. Uh, there was this guy who was genuinely mentally ill, who created a, a few different uh, superhero comics. Uh, one of them was a guy called Stardust the Super Wizard, who is just so ridiculously overpowered and over the top that it's always comes oh, comes across as a very bizarre read. Uh, the character will... He literally has a... Oh, he literally has a gadget that will shoot beams that will transform people into rats, all except for their heads. And he, so he built a machine specifically for that. He's an alien. He lives on, uh, on a, he doesn't live on a planet. He lives on a star. So he built his home on a star, which is shaped like a star. (laughs) It has five points. And then he comes to Earth and and inflict and uh, fights criminals. But it's more like a um, revenge fantasy. Because he does these ridiculous over-the-top punishments against them. So, uh, how do we bring that character into the 21st century? <laughs> he was created in 1939. 1939, thank you. I much appreciate that. Okay, so there is this uh, German uh, writer, Otto Grunwald. So, English is not even his uh, first language, but he's absolutely mastered it. So he decided to um, repurpose Stardust for a story of cosmic horror (laughs) in which Stardust is this extra-dimensional being who comes to Earth, uh, takes on the guise of a uh, deformed human, because his muscles and his shoulders are completely out of proportion. And um, in a world of uh, really, really high-powered superheroes like the God of Thor, uh, Stardust is completely on a different level. And he's doing what he thinks are good things, but they're absolutely horrific. So this is a webcomic of high weirdness. It's beautifully drawn. It's all black and white, but the artist has uh, got this really, really dramatic flair to it. And uh, Otto has mastered this art of like religious techno babble. That's a lot of fun to read, even though it often makes no sense whatsoever. And you've got a lot of uh, golden age public domain uh, characters in here, which is 
a lot of fun. And if you've ever fallen down the rabbit hole, which is the public domain superheroes wiki. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Especially lately. So uh, that's, yeah. So yeah, that web comic, it was not being updated for a while, but it's just now getting to where it updates uh, fairly regularly, like uh, once every two weeks or so. They're up to uh, episode 79, so 79 pages worth. It is on Tapas, and I recommend it. Um, it's, it's not something that you want to try to read when you're half asleep. <laughs> or want something or want something easy it's because it's uh really deep and highly weird but that's also what makes it fun and that is one of my uh favorite uh web comics right well it's one of my favorite comics right now the power of stardust and i know that you guys have it guys have read it before but what's your take on it because <laughs> you mentioned in passing that yeah i remember going back and looking at some of it um just trying to remember oh want me to throw out a link on the discord no i got it right here oh okay Okay, yeah. <laughs> I remember this now. I remember being like, what is going on? <laughs> but no, I, I liked it. Like yeah. it, it was cool, but Yeah, there was a period in which that would have turned me off, but now I kinda like <laughs> well, what is going on. Trying to read it on my phone, I was new to Tapas and I was like, What how, let's go? Okay. Like, now after being on it for a little while, it makes a little more sense, but The art is great. I will say that, though. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I felt a little bit lost with it as well initially. Yeah. But I was in the same place Nick was. I was mm -hmm. trying to read it on my phone. So if I remember right, we were, this is when we were still... Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of linger in the extra dimensions early on, uh, where uh, they just where light is a life form, and it's uh, all of this high concept, non-human character shenanigans going on. But after they get to Earth, it becomes a little bit easier of a read. I think I'm going to have to go back and go through some of this because it looks like it's pretty interesting. Now that I'm looking at it more of a, I, and I, Scott, I meant to ask you about it again, not long after that because I couldn't remember the name of it. And <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. For anyone who's listening, it's the power of stardust that, and you have to use the whole title because if you just look for Stardust, it's it's going to take you to uh, the the public domain version of the character. The art is beautiful in this, and film. I will say the art is so much better than Fletcher Co Fletcher Hanks. Oh my god, <laughs> that's his name, Hanks Fletcher Hanks. Thank you. Like just oh, looking at some of those old pictures. You know, going back and oof, that man was on some serious something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the same guy who brought us Phantoma. Yep. Like, I really want to get some of those issues, too. I did find a, a web page that they uh, you can download a ton of Golden Age public domain comics. And I've been on there a lot Ooh. lately. Um, 
That sounds like fun. Yeah, Fletcher Hanks, it is a little bit of a uh, freak sh- of a carnival freak show to read some of his to read his stories, but uh, they are absolutely never boring. So if you go to it's called comicbookplus.com and ooh, I don't know that one. Yeah, you can download, you can, so you can read it offline, stuff like that. They have, I don't even know how many books they have on here. Uh, they have a total of 38,692 books. So just, just a couple. couple. <laughs> and what's it called again? Comicbookplus.com. Okay, so you spell out P-L-U-S. Okay. This thing has everything on it, like comics, comic strips, fanzines, British paper, you know, story paper, uh, old radio programs, pulp fiction, just anything. Anything in the public domain pretty much that deals with comic and comic-related stuff. Thank you. I will look that up. And oh my goodness, in the Discord, uh, one of you posted some genuine uh, Fletcher Hanks artwork. And it is (laughs) magnificently bad. Oh my goodness. It's the same picture. He just put a different hand on it. (laughs) Yeah. Like a... Well, in the 40s, you could get away with that. Let's just wipe that out. Here we go. Yeah. The uh, bad proportions, uh, that's – that was uh, never acceptable, (laughs) the bad anatomy. But he kind of made it into a selling point. Yeah. He made it up for Ron Liefeld. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I can't wait to play around on this website, Nick. This looks pretty good too. It's coming. It's a, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> All right, uh, gentlemen. Um, I uh, will be listening to uh, Hunting Timothy not tonight, but later because I've got a D and D game to attend tonight. So that I'll uh, I'll listen to that to tonight's episode whenever the download presents itself. That sounds good. Wow, thanks. We got another special one coming up for our show too that uh, you'll need to check out. Yeah, we were late because we were doing something special for this. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it's um. All right. You just stay mysterious. <laughs> yeah, you don't tell. Me. We interviewed uh, a comic creator from our childhood. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. So. We talked about it before. So that's something that you want to edit before you put it yeah. up for anyone else to hear. I understand. Yeah, we were going to do it live, Nick's but gonna be doing... you know, I'm not really good at interviews, so kind of was like, no, we have like some spaces we need to take out, <laughs> some blank spots. So we did a good job, though. Nick's going to edit a lot of my gettingness as I'm asking questions. Oh, no, those are all staying in. <laughs> All right. Uh, much appreciated, gentlemen. I'm going to uh, go throw some dice at a wall, and I appreciate um, I appreciate the show. I appreciate you guys uh, putting it out every week, even though uh, apparently I even though I apparently missed it last week. I'm going to. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, oh man, where is everybody? <laughs> Nobody's coming in. 
There were some wires crossed, apparently, on the yeah it, uh, on the Podbean servers, and uh, you channeled um, someone from a parallel dimension. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> or maybe it was me all along. Maybe I was just <laughs> tripping. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Have fun. All right. Thank, uh, thank we'll you. Catch you later, Scott. Read more comic books. <laughs> right. I need to. Absolutely. I need to. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, I guess the only thing I would have to add for the show before we wrap up is I did see that. Um, DC Comics switched from two distributors to one, and now they have minimum orders available. Yep. And there are some comic shops that are basically saying we can't sell DC Comics anymore because they're not getting the minimum order in. Yep. So the next nail in the coffin of DC Comics. Good job, Warner. Thank you. Well, AT&T. AT&T. That's right. I don't want to even talk about AT&T because they're a bunch of a-holes. So, I mean, yeah. they're just want to ruin that company. Yeah. 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 Well, one step closer to Disney owning all superheroes. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think that's it for the show tonight. You good with that? Oh, yeah. We're good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, tune in next week to see if we uh, have any zaniness like Nick got last week. Yeah, right. It's been right. Nick. See you later. <laughs>